on this episode of Startup the Science. I think next five years, I, I see um, a lot of people playing uh, with printed electronics. And as I said, putting electronics where it doesn't belong. Uh, and I think that's the future. Uh, we should be a little more risk takers in that sense uh, and go out there and try to see where we can put electronics. I mean, make a redundant chair more functional, uh, you know, or make a car seat more functional in that, in, in that way. And also healthcare, because healthcare does have its challenges because we have a lot of uh, licensing and authorities to go through. But I think it's gaining pretty much. And I think printed electronics can really contribute in that particular area. Hi, Shweta. Thank you so much for joining us today on what is actually a very short notice. Um, I'd like to, to start off, as we usually do, with an introduction. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your, your background? Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's a, always a pleasure to talk about the things that interest me. So uh, my name is Shweta and I'm an uh, assistant professor at Aarhus University in Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering. I originally come from India 20 years back. Then I moved to Singapore for my higher studies and uh, have been there before. In 2019, I moved to Denmark uh, in a cold weather from tropical. Yeah. Um, and basically, the idea was uh, in my research, I started with working with the nanomaterials and a lot of material synthesis during my PhD for solar cells. Uh, that was my PhD and also my postdoc experience. But later on, something clicked and where I then came across uh, printed electronics and uh, 3D printing. And that basically piqued my interest, um, where I thought that there are a lot of possibilities in that field and there's a lot of innovation that, that can happen. And um, then I switched basically a bit of my research interest where I looked into this area and last seven, eight years, I have been working in this area with different kind of uh, printing techniques, flexible electronics, devices, uh, starting very, very from the very basic of material synthesis all the way to the application format. So we'll definitely get into all the different applications because I think when people hear printed electronics, it's the really sci-fi applications that they think about. But can we start by talking a little bit about the different methods that are used in research when it comes to flexible electronics? I think you, you focus on a few different methods and we didn't even know that there are different methods. So maybe you can tell us about that. Well, printed electronics, I would say, is, is a very fascinating area because you can come and join this field from uh, different areas. So you don't need to have a niche education or niche expertise in order to join this area, right? So in, in our research group, basically we touch on few different aspects, as I said. So a, a big part of the focus of our research group is basically on material synthesis, because there is a big void um, of the materials which are available for printing. So there are printers there and they come with their own printing materials. But if you want to make innovation and move forward beyond that, then you need to have innovation in materials. So that's the part we do. And then there are the printers. So we do a lot of printing processing because, you know, for a layman, it's very easy to say that you have an ink, you have a printer, you put them together and you should get your product out. Well, it's not that simple, right? Uh, there's a lot of optimization that goes on. There's a lot of uh, tuning that you have to do. You have to study the surfaces, chemistries at the inter interface between the ink and the substrate. Um, and that's what we do we look at the interface between the substrate and the inks and then the final is the device fabrication whether it's for a wearable for a soft robotics um, and again depending on what is your final application what is the material um, and device you want to make it can range from a material that you pick 
what is the printer you want to print, what kind of processing you want to do, and finally at the device stage. So there are quite a bit of steps that you need to follow for that. Right. So on the one hand, we have what is possible, depending on what materials and what techniques you're using. And then maybe a very related but separate topic would be what are all the applications that are enabled by printed electronics. So I know that your focus is on creating these kind of new age devices and unconventional substrates. Can you tell us what would be an unconventional substrate and just generally tell us more about this topic? Yeah, so for, well, conventional substrates are ones which are commonly and regularly used in electronic industry. For example, glass, ITU, PCBs, you know, where your ICs are constructed, uh, any silicon wafer, for example. Well, moving forward, the idea of uh, electronics is, is to basically make it accessible to areas or put it there where it doesn't belong, for example, on a chair. Why can't we have electronics on a chair, for example, or, or any medical plaster? You know, we just have a plaster which has a drug. But if you have electronics there, I mean, there are, uh, you know, literature supporting that evidence. If you have electrical field, then it can help with wound management, for example. So the idea is to put electronics where it doesn't belong in onto surfaces which are not commonly used in electronics. And that's the whole focus of my research group in that sense. We choose materials which are not commonly used. So it could be anything from paper, textiles, even plastics. Uh, different kind of biomaterials. Uh, it's very uncommon to actually put electronics with cells and tissues, but we are trying that. That's basically unconventional uh, for me. And which one of these materials gives you the most headaches, which ones are the hardest to, to print on? Well, everything is a challenge. For example, uh, there's one currently current project that is running in my lab, which is printing on uh, fabrics and textile. Uh, and it's uh, it, it's a funded project where we are trying to build something for COVID-19 and ICU patients. Now, if you look at fabrics, I mean, there are 100 different types of fabrics. The moment you change a fabric, trust me, everything changes. The material you want to choose, the printer you want to engage in, and the process you want to follow. Uh, so that gives me a headache because, and there's nothing to look forward to because very few people have tried that before, right? Before you. So it's always, it's, it's, it's a challenge, but it's an opportunity as well. I would say the other uh, thing is basically making inks which are compatible with cells and tissues, biomaterials and biospecies. That's a challenge because most of these materials kind of use toxic or have toxicity in them, uh, which tends to kill the cells. So if you want to make a electronically functional ink, which will make the cells and tissues survive, well, that's a challenge in itself as well. Right. So some surfaces are more challenging than others. And can you tell us why you're working on these things? Obviously, they're interesting from a research perspective. But if we talk about the applications, why are we trying to print on these uh, improbable surfaces? What are the um, the applications that your research supports um, that, yeah, that you're proud of and excited about? Well, applications is, I mean, if you, I, I think if people have war, watched Star Wars or Star Trek kind of movies, then you would know that, you know, the future lies in where you can actually convert any surface as a screen, uh, whether it's a wall, I mean, that's pretty common now, a wall or any surface. And you can actually do that from your hand. So what if I print electronics on my hand and then use that as a control board to project onto the wall in front of me? That's the vision, right? Uh, the other vision is we are talking about smart and intelligent packaging, right? What if the milk carton that I buy today or the meat packet I buy today, after two days can tell me, okay, you need to, uh, you know, throw me off because I'm, I'm already stale, you know, I'm not fresh anymore to be eaten. 
these kind of the applications we are talking about soft robotics i mean robotics uh, which is not hard cast iron or prosthetics which are so hard no i i would love to have prosthetics moving forward which are more human skin like you know which are soft supple uh, which can feel so if i uh, for example have a artificial arm attached to somebody the person should be able to feel uh, just the way we feel you know and for that you need electronics which is embedded which is skin like which is more human like and these are the kind of applications moving forward you would see in electronics this is amazing I and mean, it all sounds like movies from the future and what i really like about this topic that we've been covering all month Adina, is that um the applications range from you know entertainment almost like the screens everywhere type of thing but all the way to very interesting medical devices or you know the examples you were giving that truly help people and can change someone's life I and mean, it's not all about gadgets and i think that's very cool which one is your favorite application we also asked this on our previous episode and we got some interesting answers what's your uh, favorite printed electronics application i won't say it's favorite but i think there's a lot of uh, opportunity available when it comes to point of care or healthcare devices and i think that's that's uh, that's one of the focus where printed electronics is moving towards and i think it has a big um, opportunity and advantage compared to conventional electronics because then we can print on different kind of uh, soft materials we can have for example just to give you an idea i mean if somebody is um, you know has a bruise we can just go run to a pharmacy shop and get a plaster right and you then treat yourself or if somebody is pregnant they can get a pregnancy kit but imagine the flow i mean if i am vitamin d deficient or iron deficient i still have to go through this whole process of visiting a doctor getting the blood test it takes about a week why can't i make a point of care kit which is available in the market which i can pick and from a to b from vitamin a to i don't know what i can measure it at home as a home kit and if it tells me that okay it's too low now you need to see the doctor um you know then you basically have an appointment i think those kind of small point of care devices are missing and it has a huge potential for especially for elderly and for children because it's very difficult for them for us to take them to hospitals and and get regular doctor appointments so that's an area i would really like to push forward and and contribute in i love that uh, medical applications come up a lot when we ask people what are their favorite applications and the examples you gave were quite original i hadn't heard about these ones before um so let's see how print electronics can change our life going forward and i also wanted to ask you what are bioelectronics i saw that in your in your profile and i wonder is it the same thing or is it a totally different area i don't know much about this so bioelectronics the loose term basically you can define it as something of a marriage between biology and electronics which is something which we are trying to do is well people when you look at bioelectronic devices which are present uh, in in healthcare today is it's like of a pacemaker or um, or stents that we use but they are still hard electronics uh, moving forward we want to have uh, electronic devices in our body uh, which are m- more compatible with human cells and tissues which are not hard then there's another area where you want bioresorbable or biodegradable electronics in your body in the sense that for example this is a big problem that once somebody has an operation of an implant um you know the doctors don't know how the implant is functioning only after the patient comes to them after like a week or two they have bleeding or pain then they start investigating what if i put a smart device uh, which is with the implant and it keeps telling the doctor or or the patient how the implant is performing it's being rejected or accepted by the body and once it's done its job that once the implant is accepted by the body then that device should dissolve by itself we don't need it there in the human body 
right? So that kind of electronics, which works, functions well inside the human body, inside the human environment, without causing any immunity response is the way uh, moving forward. And that's what constitutes um, bioelectronics. And this is also part of your research and one of the things that, that you're focusing on? Yes. So we we are working, a part of our focus is on working on bioresorbable and biodegradable electronic materials that we are trying to build a library of. That's really interesting. And I'm uh, looking forward to seeing how that field develops as well. Um, and because we, we talk about um, medical applications quite a bit, you mentioned also something that to me sounded like haptics and I wanted to, or like haptic technology when you were talking about the the arm feeling as if it's your own arm. How are these technologies related? Sometimes we we use these terms closely together, print electronics and haptics and sensor technology. Can you give us a very brief rundown of what would be the difference between print electronics and haptics, if that's okay? Yeah, I mean, I think the whole idea of printed electronics is basically printing electronics on any surface, right? So, uh, so right now, I mean, uh, we use a lot of wires and haptics, right? We use a lot of sensors and wires and to have that uh, motion. And it's very artificial in, in its way, the way things work in prosthetics and haptics. Uh, moving forward, if we can have materials which are more skin-like and then we can replace, imagine all the wires that we have just by printed lines. So you have a design, maybe a designer uh, uh, prosthetic, but it, it, without wires. First of all, it's lighter in weight and then it's more... Um, flexible, it, it creates more um, kind of a good interface rather than a hard interface between between these things. Um, so I think the role of printed electronics and haptics is basically replacing all the hard electronics that we find today uh, by something which is printed, which is more conformal, conformable or more bendable in that sense. Makes sense. And especially for any kind of wearable or medical devices, if it can bring a bit of additional comfort, I think that's, uh, that's a great thing. So Thank you so much for answering all these many different questions we had on printed electronics. Um, as we're wrapping up our conversation, I'd like to ask you um, if you could share with us some hopes and dreams that you have for the field of printed electronics. <laughs> what do you hope to see happening or developing faster, let's say, in the next five years or so? I think next five years, um, I, I see um, a lot of people playing uh, with printed electronics. And as I said, putting electronics where it doesn't belong. Uh, and I think that's the future. Uh, we should be a little more risk takers in that sense uh, and go out there and try to see where we can put electronics. I mean, make a redundant chair more functional, uh, you know, or make a car seat more functional in that, in, in that way. So the application areas, which I think we'll see a huge growth in co combination with printed electronics would be, I think, software wearables, uh, or wearables uh, smart fabrics, uh, and also soft robotics. Uh, which is coming up big time. And also healthcare, because healthcare does have its challenges because we have a lot of uh, licensing and authorities to go through. But I think it's gaining pretty much. And I think printed electronics can really contribute in that particular area. And on that note, uh, one challenge, obviously, is you know the licensing and regulation you mentioned in, in health tech. Do you think another challenge is public perception, how sometimes uh, having electronics where maybe they, they shouldn't be sounds to people like they really shouldn't be there. 
As a researcher, do you have some words of reassurance for people that might be skeptical about integrating electronics too much into their lives, into their bodies, into their um, devices? I think one of the, uh, well, if you're, if you're talking about devices which are not integrated in your body or not directly in contact with your body, I think the biggest issue is security and privacy uh, because it can be hacked. And uh, I mean, as the field of printed electronics is evolving, so are these issues. I mean, we have now people working exactly on, specifically on these areas of security. And again, it's a concern because, I mean, there have been cases where, like, for example, wearables of a particular military country's military were hacked and their position was compromised during a wartime. These are the real life situations and we have to be aware of them. Uh, the other thing is when you talk about putting something on top of your body or inside your body, I think people are a little more hesitant to accept it. And it's natural. You don't want to put something where it doesn't belong. And I think that is the all the more reason we need to look at electronics, which is bioresolvable, which can disintegrate by itself after doing its job so that you are assured that it's not there all the time. And, uh, you know, and as has been with every technology, I mean, when when industrial revolution came, people said, no, we are going to lose jobs. When robotics came, they said, people are going to lose jobs. Well, yeah, there would be problems, but there would be ongoing solutions as well uh, moving forward because people do tend to identify those problems and start to work on it. Exactly. I think that's the note we should uh, we should remember from this, that obviously any progress in any technology bears some risks. In this case, it might be a security risk, but hopefully the benefits outweigh the, the risks and technology prevails. <laughs> I also would like to ask you to tell us a little bit about another podcast. Can you share what that is with us? Yeah, that is uh, something exciting that I started with my colleague and a dear friend, Serena. Um, so her frequency is the name of the podcast um, that we started a month ago. And the idea is to release um, one uh, podcast uh, starting of every month uh, where we want to touch upon more non-technical parts of women who are working in science and maybe moving forward, engaging more men as well. I mean, it's 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 part of, it's basically a platform where we want to discuss more humane side of the things, more rather than just having success stories. What are the, what are the things that pe- drive people or what keeps pe- women engaged in science? What motivates them to keep working in this area? Keeping it a more constructive and positive dialogue, uh, more inspiring stories to put out there. So that's the aim. So I hope you all can follow. It's um, it's on the YouTube and we do have a LinkedIn page as well. We'll make sure to, to add some links as well. And it's cool to see you starting this project with Serena, who we also had on this podcast talking about her startup, Salyuji. And she was one of the, unfortunately, not so many, or as many as we'd like uh, women talking about uh, startups and materials. So it's nice to to get more encouragement in this topic. Thank you so much for being with us today, Sveta, and for um, all of your answers. Very insightful. I think we all learned a lot more about printed electronics um, and hopefully talk to you soon. Thank you. And thank you for this opportunity. Have a good day, guys. Thanks for listening to Startup the Science. If you'd like to learn more about our podcast, head to www.enum.berlin slash startupthescience. You can also follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. If you'd like to leave us a message or ask us or our guests any questions, send us a DM or leave us a message on our website. We would love to hear from you. Stay tuned for our next episode. Coming soon.